0: Apparently, I go from being really quiet to really loud. <clears throat> That's okay. <laughs> I'm thankful for the two young men that, that sit up there um, and serve, and, uh, or else there wouldn't be any mics or anything like that. Not that you couldn't hear me, but I want to make sure you hear me. Just kidding. Uh, no, 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 it's okay. I don't want to hurt anybody's ears. <laughs> Take your Bibles and turn to Ephesians, surprise, surprise, Ephesians chapter 5. We're continuing our study uh, through the book of Ephesians, and we're really going to focus on one verse this morning, uh, but uh, I'm not going to say that that means it's going to be short because it won't be. Um, however, I pray that it's a blessing to you, and and honestly, it fits in with the, the, the messages that... That uh, we heard from from Brother Mark uh, it, during the revival, of Mark Thren, and uh, just uh, it's good to see how God puts everything together. On Wednesday night, we covered verses. We're in chapter five. We covered verses uh, eight through thirteen, and in verse fourteen is a continuation of that same thought. So we will we will go back and cover it, but. I don't know about you, but I I really appreciate the book of Ephesians um, because it's reminded me um, about the gospel. We just sang the song, I Love to Tell the Story. And that last verse said, I love to tell the story to those who know it best. It's talking about those who have been saved for a long time because the, the longer I'm saved, the more sweet my salvation is. Uh, The more I I understand of the word of God and of the gospel, and I look back at where God brought me from and what God did for me, the more thankful I am. I know that I'm not perfect. Goodness knows, that's my wife or my kids uh, or anybody here, to be honest with you. I'm not perfect, but I'm certainly thankful for the word of God and the spirit of God and the promise of God uh, that uh, I am not what I used to be. Uh, and that he is continuing to work on me, just like all he is all the rest of us, according to Philippians one six, and uh, uh, he which has begun a good work in you will perform until the day of Jesus Christ. And In the beginning of Ephesians, we looked at the at the the beliefs and the the benefits of 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 the Christian, uh, that, that our salvation came through the the will of God, through the 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 work of God, uh, the work of the of the Son, and through the the, the work of the Spirit in us. And uh, I'm thankful for the, for all three. How they all have their part in our salvation. Uh, chapter two talks about talked about how we uh, went from being dead in sin to being alive in Jesus Christ, according to His mercy. And just thankful for what God did for us as a complete renovation or a, a revolution uh, in our life. So they're supposed to be. I, 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 that's what we're really praying for. That's what we really believe is that the Word of God doesn't. It's not just a a, a golden ticket. Uh, it's not just a, a ticket to heaven, amen? It's, it, it, salvation is more than that. Uh, salvation is that God begins a work in us, and he continues that work in us until it's completely finished. And that day won't come until, we, until we're in heaven. And I understand that, that we'll have this flesh that we've had all, uh, all throughout this, this life, but as long as we're not feeding the flesh, we're feeding the spirit, and we're reading the word of God, we're saturating our minds with the word of God, and we put off the old man and put on the new man, we'll grow, uh, and we're talking about spiritual maturity, and we're not meant to stay babes in Christ. I love babies, and, and babies are beautiful, and they're cute, uh, but but uh, you give me a 24-year-old who's acting like a baby, and there's something wrong. Now, there are lots of 24-year-olds out there that are acting like babies. Just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm not just... <laughs> there are a lot of adults that act like children. Uh, but the Bible says that, uh, that when I became a man, I put away childish things more importantly, not just physically adults, but spiritual adults that need to grow and be nurtured in the word of God. And we, if without the word of God, we can't do that. So we saw, we saw what God did for us. We, got, we saw the change. Uh, in chapter 4, uh, Paul uh, begins to tell the Ephesians, if you believe all of these things, now you need to start living like you believe all of these things. If you really believe that you have a God that can transform your life, Walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called. Uh, we're not, we're not meant to stay, uh, to stay in diapers as children of God. We're meant to, to grow and to mature and to learn the Word of God and be changed and transformed by the renewing of our mind and to be washed and cleansed and sanctified, prepared uh, to be used of God all through the Word of God and the Spirit of God. In chapter 5, he continues on the same thought. He says, if, if you're going to walk worthy, uh, make sure that you are followers of God. And we talked about this last Sunday morning. We're to be followers of God uh, as dear children, uh, imitators. We're to imitate God. Now listen, there are things that we cannot imitate. Uh, I don't have the power of God. I don't have the knowledge of God. I don't, I, I'm not everywhere. I'm not omniscient like God is. But I am to imitate his holiness. I am to imitate his love. In fact, that's the first thing there it says in verse: two, to walk in love. So we're, we're to we're to we're to walk in love. We're to walk in holiness. We're to walk in separation. We are to be different uh, than this world. And as we went on Wednesday night, we we looked at verses uh, verse eight it says: uh, for ye were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord? In the Lord, walk as children of light. The first time the word uh, where it talks about God being light is we find in John chapter 1 where it talks about Jesus being the light. First John says that God is the light. That they that walk, that, that say that they walk in the light but, uh, but have fellowship with the darkness. It says they lie and they do not the truth. The world does not like the light. The Bible says it's for their deeds are evil. It's, it's not natural. Uh, the, the world wants to live in darkness. Why? Because light makes everything manifest. The light reveals what's in the darkness. And men don't like what's in the darkness to be revealed. If they're going to break into a house, I'm sure they'd much rather be under cover of darkness where nobody can be seen. So understand that we like that secrecy in our sin. We don't want others to know those things. But the light of the Word of God and the light of God in our lives does what? It makes all things known. So as we, as we go through those next couple of verses, uh, that this is the fruit of the Spirit is, is in all goodness. And righteousness and truth, and that, listen, as the Spirit of God is in us and dwells in us in our salvation, uh, it, it, it is supposed to come through us, that we are to bear the fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, and gentleness; goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, Where those things are to be the fruit of the Spirit of life, and it says that those things are, 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 are proving or proof, that it's not a testing for us, it's but so that the world can see and that we can be prove to one another that we are saved. If there is no, the Bible, Jesus said this, uh, that you shall know them by their fruits. It's important to understand that that as a child of God, there should be fruits in my life. Because if the Holy Spirit comes to dwell in me, and the word of God is in me, there's going to be some changes that take place. There should be. We we live today in in a Christianity, somebody said the other day, that that 75% of our country claimed to to believe in God and know God. For a very large portion of that, I would say, where is the fruit of that? Because we don't, as children of God, we're not to align ourselves with the world or what the world thinks, we're to align ourselves according to the word of God. We're to live our lives according to what God's word says is true and righteous and holy and just and love. Not what the world says. And so those things are, 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 are proof. Uh, that proof should come out in your life at some point as you, as you again, put off the old man, are renewed in the spirit of your mind by the word of, the, by the word of God, and then you put on the new man. Now listen, anybody can put on a new set of clothes, they, uh, turn over a new leaf and try to do new things, but they'll fail on their own because we're, we're not able to, 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 to change what's on the inside. Only the word of God and the spirit of God changes on the inside. So we find ourselves down here, the Bible says, "Having approving what is acceptable unto the, the Lord, verse 11, it says, and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather approve them. We're, we as the children of God are to, to walk in light, to walk in the Spirit, and we are not to have fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. We are not to have any part uh, of those things, but rather reprove approve them or make them known. The says in verse 12, it's a shame to even speak of those things which are done of them in secret. Verse 13 is kind of where we stopped on Wednesday night. It says, but all things that are reproved or brought out are made manifest by the light. What light? The light of Christ. The light of the word of God. And all those things are made manifest; they're they're made known. So that all things are they're brought to light, right? That's the phrase we like to use. Those things are brought to light, where everybody can see them. And and listen, we can see what's right and what's wrong according to the word of God, not according to to our own feelings or according to our society or our culture or whatever else. It all has to do with the word of God. But those things are made manifest with light. It says, "For whatsoever doth make manifest is light." Now. Verse 14 is the verse we're going to look at this morning. It says, Wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. Let's pray. Father God, I, I, I thank you, Lord, for all that you have done. And Lord, I thank you for your word. God, I pray that you feel, Lord, I pray that I'm filled with the spirit. If there's anything that would hinder you, God, forgive me. I need your help this morning to preach your word. I, I don't want to preach my own thoughts or my own my own lesson here or message, Lord. I've got nothing to give. But, Lord, I pray, Father, that you'd help me to preach the word. And, God, that uh, in doing that, that your spirit will touch our hearts or that you would work in us and change us according to your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This verse fourteen, it's a it's a quote. Paul saying, "Wherefore he saith," uh, there's nowhere in the Old Testament or New Testament that I can find that, that says the exact same thing. Though there is the 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 same thought in a couple different places in First Corinthians, Paul says, "Awake to righteousness." Uh, we're told to awake uh, those that are asleep. There's uh, there's this sense uh, that there is a uh, a a group or a portion of Christians, uh, professing Christians, that are they have reached a spiritual slumber. I've heard this verse preached about those that are that those are dead still in their sins. I've heard it preached uh, about about those that are in Christ and spiritually, and spiritually asleep. I believe, I, I think you could pre- preach it or teach it, the principle either way, but I believe the context is talking about those that are saved. Because he's writing to the church at Ephesus. He says, awake thou that sleepest. Awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. There are two groups of people here. Uh, there is the group of those that are asleep. And his first command or comment is to them, and that word is to awake. Now, if you're going to tell somebody to wake up, that means, well, they're sleeping. I don't know about you, who likes to sleep? I like, I like sleep. In fact, sleep is a good thing, right? Our bodies need sleep. Our, our brains need sleep. It helps us to, to heal. It helps us to regenerate. It's good for weight loss. Apparently, I don't sleep enough. Um, it's good for a lot of different things, but, but we're talking about physical sleep. Spiritual slumber is something altogether different. I began to think about this and meditate on what spiritual slumber was. And in the context of this passage, uh, we see that spiritual slumber is talking about those that are saying that they're saved, uh, those Christians that have, that have truly trusted in the Lord, but that are spiritually immature something has happened along the line uh, uh, where where they 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 have become indifferent where 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 they they're just they're they're not really awake maybe it's and we'll talk about different things that can bring them there but but I'm not sure why but there's this this group of people that are spiritually asleep right? so I wanted to just talk a little bit about what some of the dangers of that spiritual slumber are first of all I I I thought about this uh, uh, if you're asleep Number one, you're not aware that you're asleep. You don't know it, because if you're aware enough to know it, then you're not really asleep. I, I tend to, I don't, I don't fall into deep sleep. Uh, I'm a fairly light sleeper. Some people are heavy sleepers. Some people, people are light sleepers. At the, at the slightest noise, I'll wake right up, uh, probably because I snore really loud, and that makes, keeps me awake. Uh, but, but, so I don't really get into a deep sleep. But when you get somebody into a deep sleep, they are dead to the world, right? Have you ever met somebody like that? We had a young man at one of our camp activities uh, uh, that uh, that we had here a couple of years ago. He may be sitting here this morning. I won't say who he is. And he was in. a, I was bunking in, the, in a room with him and a couple other kids and and a young men in uh, at actually Brother Troy's house uh, because they were all the kids from camp were here at the church for a reunion, but. That young man can sleep. He's laughing right now. He's, he, he can sleep. You know how I know? Because in the morning, when it was time to get up and get dressed and bring all the, all the, all the young men back to the church where we were going to meet with the ladies who were sleeping here, uh, I, I shook him. I didn't wake up. I, I literally was pounding on him and yelling at him. He, he knew nothing. Do you know why? Because he was in a deep sleep. Uh, What's dangerous about that, as far as spiritual slumber is concerned, though, is if you're in that in that deep sleep, you're completely unaware of the state that you're in. You think you're okay. You you you're going to church. You're you could be going to church and 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 reading your Bible and, and and doing all the ministries that you're in, but spiritually there is no real life. Now it doesn't mean you're dead. We're talking about somebody who's sl- sleeping, but but there is there is really nothing there uh, for uh, for for growth or maturity. It's just a state in which you exist. And there are a lot of Christians who are just existing as children of God. And can I tell you, God does not, God's not plan for us as children are not to just exist. God's plan for us is to grow. God's plan for us to, is to serve. God's plan for us is to, to give ourselves over unto him and to, to love him with all of our heart, soul, and mind, not just exist. Now the danger is when we tend to be asleep, we want to stay that way. There is, some, there is something warm and comforting about being in my bed in the morning that I just don't want to get out. You see that mostly in, uh, in teenagers. Now, uh, I've got kids. So when, uh, when I think, I, when I, 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 there was a time when I would have gladly stayed in bed, but now I, I've got elbows jabbing me in the side and, and uh, my five-year-old jumping on my chest. And uh, there's, there are reasons why I stay and get out of bed, because it's not comfortable anymore. But when we're in the spiritual slumber, guess what? You're comfortable. You know, there's no real push to do anything. Because uh, you're, you're completely unaware of your state. You're unaware of all that's going on around you. Uh, you're, you're completely... In, 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 uh, the, the world could be burning down around your ears, and you wouldn't know it. And you have a tendency, because of our flesh, to have a desire to stay there. Now, it's interesting this, that, that those that are asleep can do a great deal of things that would cause them to seem like they're awake. You ever, does anybody here talk in their sleep? I don't talk in my sleep. Come on now. Somebody's got to talk in their sleep. There we go, there's one. one. One brave soul to admit that they talk in their sleep. My wife talks in her sleep. Oh, there's another one. We've got more. Hey, 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 people talk in their sleep. I, it's funny to listen to. Sometimes it's whole conversations. Uh, sometimes it's they're having arguments. Uh, I, I tried to save somebody in my sleep once. Uh, that was uh, when back when I was a paramedic, I, except for I accidentally punched my wife in the face. Um, but that's a whole other story. We won't get into that. If, uh, I was trying to reach out and save them as they as they were drowning in in That didn't work so well for her, anyways. uh, So, but there are people that talk in their sleep. There, have you ever heard somebody pray who wasn't very spiritually alive? There was no zeal. There was no. We can we can pray when we're spiritually asleep. That doesn't mean God hears it or God answers. It doesn't mean that we're praying right in a right manner. But people can pray. People can praise. Ever. Ever come into church and your mind just is not on the praise of the Lord Jesus Christ? You're not trying to lift up His name or or think of, or really praise Him at all. You're just singing the songs because well, Brother Dan said to stand up and sing, and so we sing "Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound." And man, you can have the the most beautiful. I don't have the most beautiful voice, but you could have the most beautiful voice. But but there not be any real praise there. Can I tell you that's spiritual slumber? That's, that's 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 kind of what we're talking about. There are different stages of spiritual sleep, just like there are in in human sleep. But but we can get to a point where we can pray, where we can praise God, and, and it doesn't really do anything because there's no real zeal, there's no real thought, there's no real intent. There we're just existing. Not only uh, can we talk, do people talk in their sleep? Sometimes they walk in their sleep. I have a brother. He's older than I am and always picked on me when I was a kid, so I'm glad to share this story. Uh, there was a time when my 16-year-old brother came out into the, into the living room with my parents in his tidy whiteies. <laughs> came out, sat down on the couch with a big old grin on his face. Now, he didn't have a clue where he was. He didn't have a clue of how he was dressed. He just smiled. And my dad says, uh, "Doug, do you think it might be time to go to bed?" Okay, Get up. Sauntered off. He was walking. It looked like he was awake. He was communicating. but there was nothing up here. He wasn't really putting things together. It's, it's amazing how many times when we're, we're spiritually asleep or in a spiritual slumber that, that, that Christians don't understand uh, the, the dangers that they put themselves in they're, they're completely remember people that are asleep are unaware of all that's going on around them. They're just living they're just moving about uh, if there was, if they're walking they're, they're moving about uh, but but not really with any plan or with any hope or with any they're just led by their their dreams. walk right into a burning building and not know it. They could do something embarrassing that they would never do in in the in the, in the light of day when they were awake. See, there, there are a lot of Christians that are, that are living their lives in darkness and, and uh, spiritually asleep, unaware of what they're doing is, is an offensive to God, unaware that if they were wide awake spiritually, there's no way they would do those things. There's no way they would watch those things. There's no way they would listen to that music. There's no way they would live that life. But They're spiritually in slumber. And I'm not saying they're not saved. The Bible, here he says, awake. He's saying, become aware of your surroundings. Become aware of the state that you're in. Because you're spiritually asleep. There are people that that dream in their sleep. Now, I never remember my dreams. I know that I do have them. Every once in a while, I'll wake up in the middle of one, and I'll, I'll remember it for a short period of time, but that's about it. Uh, but th- people dream in their sleep. There are a lot of Christians that dream in their spiritual slumber. They, they make great plans of things that they, man, I would, I, I would be the best this, or I could do the best this, or I could do this, or this, or this. But, but there's a whole lot of plans, but never any action God, I, I could be the best soul winner in the world. I could, uh, I, 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 I could do it. I, I've done it before. I, I, but there's never any, there's no obedience to the word of God, no obedience to what God has told you that you're supposed to do. Guess what? Spiritual slumber. Those are the, some of the dangers. Here's some symptoms of spiritual slumber. Unconscious of our own state. Now when we're, I, I, I know it's very similar to the, the first point that we're asleep but we don't know it, but we're completely unconscious of our own state. We don't realize uh, that, that, that we are asleep. We don't realize that we, that we need to wake up. We're just asleep. And, and many times that when we're in the this spiritual, this spiritual slumber, uh, that's, what we're, that's what we find is that we just don't know. We just, we're glad to go on and stay the way we are. So we're unconscious of our own state. But that also means we're unconscious of our own dangers. If you're asleep and your house catches on fire, unless the alarm wakes you up, what happens? Until you wake up, until you wake up, you're fine to be in that bed. But you don't know it. Not only we are unconscious of our own state, but we're indifferent to the state of others. See, so the guy who's asleep in his bed, it doesn't bother him that his neighbor's house is burning down. Now, if he was awake and could see it and see the plight of his neighbor, uh, he would be upset. He would, he would get himself up, he'd call 911, uh, he'd go over and to make sure he'd be pounding on the door saying, Hey, wake up, get out, the house is on fire. He would grab some buckets of water or a hose and do what he could. Why? Because he's awake, but when he's asleep, he could care less. He's not aware of his neighbor uh, whose house is burning down. He's not aware of of, of his family member, who, his, his child, who was, who was walking away from, uh, or, or has snuck out at night. He's not aware of uh, many different other things that we could talk about. He's just not aware because he's spiritually asleep. He's indifferent. Now, again, if he was awake, he would care. But he's not awake. Another symptom of being a sleeping Christian is their completely removable or perfectly immovable, even resisting every request, every call for service. Hey, come help and do this. I'm content to stay where I'm at. I'm content. I'm comfortable. Uh, that, that, That young man I was speaking of earlier, there was nothing that we could do to wake him up. He had to wake up on his own. We, we uh, literally, we had to force him out of a sleeping bag. and It was, it was, a, it was a long 20 minutes of trying to wake up a young teen, a young man. I, I had a friend back, well, I had a friend, his mom, uh, had no tolerance for anything like that. Uh, uh, remember Barb Burchett? And her, her trick was she would take marbles, a handful of marbles, and she'd put them in the freezer. And so in the morning when her son, her teenage son, refused to get out of bed, because he was resisting every movement, uh, trying to get up, she would take that handful of marbles and she'd throw them in his bed. And everywhere he rolled, they would follow him. till so he'd roll right out onto the floor. Guess what? He's awake now. It's, it's, it's our natural desire to want to stay in that comfortable sleep. It's our natural desire to not want to, 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 to open our eyes to the brightness of the light. It's our natural desire to, to just want to stay curled up in our little cocoon and, and be happy and content with where we're at. But guess what? God says, Jesus said, wake up, child of God. Arouse yourself. Wake up your mind. I don't know about you, but I'm not really awake until I get my second cup of coffee in the morning. But whatever you got to do to arouse your mind, to to understand your surroundings and, and understand what's going on and understand how you are spiritually, it's time to wake up. Now, why is it wrong to sleep? Why is it wrong to be in spiritual slumber? The ten virgins in the, in the word of God that talks about the ten virgins. It was, it was midnight. That's the time to sleep. Why would it be wrong for them to sleep? Because the husbandman was coming. I, I imagine the, the, the disciples, Peter, James, and John, when, with Jesus, uh, as he they, as they went into the Garden of Gethsemane, and, and he says, watch and pray. While he labored in prayer, uh, I, 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 while he labored in prayer, the Bible says he sweated great drops of blood, and, and as he was facing the crucifixion, his greatest battle that he ever had to face here on this earth, uh, while, while he was there fighting that battle, while he was there praying and seeking the face of the Father, they were over next to the bush, and Peter, the one who said, "I'll never leave you," I would give my life for you. The one who would later cut off Malchus's ear, and then deny him three times, his head was on his chest. John, the one who said that he was the one whom Jesus loved, the one who sat by His right hand just as He leaned upon His breast at the at the Last Supper, maybe snoring slightly. Shameful. He came back three times. Woke them up and said, watch and pray. Finally, the last time, he said, get your rest. I understand there's a physical component to that, but listen, God is at work in our church. God is at work in our lives. God is at work in you where he desires to be. But listen, if we're spiritually asleep, we're hindering what God can do. We're ignorant of what God's trying to do. During the harvest time, Jesus said, "The harvest is white, and we're ready for harvest. Pray you that the Lord send laborers into the harvest." And while we're praying for the while the disciples are praying for the laborers to enter into the harvest, God's church is sleeping. Their 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 sickle, uh, the, the, what they would use to cut the wheat, and to bind the wheat, uh, uh, the, the work, the the, the wheat that would be bound. While the church of God is is, is asleep, it's, it, it, it amazes me how few. People are getting saved because the people of God just don't share the gospel. Why not? If they're awake, they care. But there is a spiritual slumber that gets them to the point where the, while they see them with their eyes and they, they, they walk the streets, they see the homeless there and they, they, they avert their eyes because they don't want to have to give them a quarter or a dollar anymore. Or cup of coffee because they might use it for alcohol or drugs, but they won't stop and talk to them and share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Your neighbors who who don't go to church on Sunday and they watch you every week uh, come here, but you never once crossed the street to invite them to church or to tell them about why you go to church. The Savior who died who died on the cross for your sins. An atheist was a, a, a well-known atheist. Uh, uh, if you know, if you ever heard of Penn and Teller. Uh, the magicians, they, they do a comedy show. I'm not saying to, to watch their show. They curse, they swear. Uh, but I saw a, a a video that he posted on YouTube that a man went to a show and then out, stood outside of a show and handed him a Bible. And he was talking about how, how grateful he was. Now, he doesn't believe it, but how grateful he was that this man who believed Really believed that, 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 I don't know which one he was, the tall guy. I don't whether it's Pan or Teller. I don't know who, who either one is. But he believed that he was going to die and go to hell, and he wanted to give him a Bible so that he could know. He said, I'll be honest, I appreciate that. He goes, How much must a Christian hate, hate me to not want to do that? But we see people all around us, and we don't share the gospel. And I don't think it's because the Church of God hates the lost people. I don't believe it's because we hate them. I think it's because there is a, 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 a that we are in a state of spiritual slumber that we can see them, and, and not that we don't care, but we're indifferent because we need to wake up. Another reason why it's wrong to be asleep is because while we're sleeping, the enemy is wide awake. He does not take a break. Satan is doing his best to take your children. Well, He's not trying to take them from your home. He's trying to, 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 to change their minds and to fill their minds with the filth of this world, the lies of the devil. He's trying to, do, he's, he's, he's trying to destroy churches. He's trying to destroy your neighbors. He's, he's trying to get his hands and everything, and he does not take a break. The Bible says that he walked about like a, roar, a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. His sights are on you. Don't be asleep. What may bring us to that state of spiritual slumber? Well, number one, just our nature. Our, our 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 nature uh, is our, our, the, when I talk about our nature, I'm talking about our, our flesh, the old man. He doesn't like to be roused and put off. He doesn't like to 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 to, to be in the word. Uh, it's, it's, it's that spiritual nature where Paul says the things that I would not, uh, I, I the things that I would not I do, the things that I I do I would not. And it's just this this. This forever battle between our spirit and our flesh that, that goes on day and day, day after day after day and will never end until we get to glory and we're changed from this body to the next and that flesh is gone. I'm looking forward to that day, but until that day, I need to put down the flesh. Because that flesh wants wants me to rest spiritually. It wants me to, to lie back and not do anything. That flesh doesn't want me to read the word of God. That flesh doesn't want me to, to it wants me to, to do the, the works of the flesh, which are an abomination to God, which are uh, in the list of the things that we're to put off, the things that we're to, to stay away from. Uh, we're, to, we're to have instead the fruit of the spirit and to walk in the, in the spirit so we don't fulfill the lust of the flesh. Our evil nature comfort of prosperity you know what's what's interesting to me when when things are going well in our life we are much less likely to cry out unto god and to seek the face of god revelations uh chapter chapter three uh john is writing the, the the letters to the churches and he writes the letter to the church of laodicea and it talks about how they're rich but they're poor See, and in, 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 in the fact that they had things, they they, re, they didn't realize what they didn't have. And and we have out of every nation, our, our country out of every nation is 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 like the, the the church of Laodicea. We're wealthy, we have much, and we're in a spiritual state of spiritual state of slumber where we don't realize what we're lacking. Comfort and pride. As long as I think I'm okay, I'm in a good spiritual state. That That is a dangerous place to be. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit cometh before a fall. And listen, while everything in your life might seem to be okay, God hates pride. And if we're going to look at ourselves, compare ourselves amongst ourselves, we make ourselves fools, the Bible says. And, and in doing that, what we do is we make ourselves Comfortable. We're, we're not going to try to gain anymore because we're comfortable with where we're at. Guess what? You just fell asleep. Spiritually. So what do we do? Jesus bids us awake. There in Ephesians chapter 5, he says, he says and he said, wherefore, or verse verse 14, Wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepest. Now I want to say th- three things, then I'll get you to three points real quickly, It will be all done. It says this. Jesus says, Awake, but he says it in a voice of love, because Christ does everything out of love. Amen? Hearing us love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent us to be a propitiation for our sins. He is the very picture of love when god says awake he doesn't say he's when god tells us in our spiritual slumber to wake up it's not because he's trying to be mean to us because he knows what we what we're missing he knows that if we were spiritually awake that we would be that we would be striving and serving and and god would be blessing us but while we're spiritually asleep we're just existing here on this earth we're not laying up treasures in heaven we're not we're not serving the lord we're not blessing one another we're we're just here and god says awake he says it urgently. Not, not like a mother uh, who's trying to wake up her, her sleeping child, but like a mother whose child is sleeping in the house, and the house is on fire. She says, wake up, urgently. There's an urgent tone to his voice. And can I tell you, yeah, we, we need to, 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 to wake up. If we're asleep, we need to understand, to, we need to arouse uh, ourselves to the state that we're in, to the state that the church is in. Uh, look, uh, look at ourselves and say... I'm indifferent to those who are lost. Yes, I care, but why am I not doing anything about it? Because we as Christians will say we care. We as Christians will say that there's power in the gospel and that there's no other name under heaven whereby we must be saved other than Jesus and we'll say that and not do anything about it. Why? Because we're asleep. We'll live our lives uh, uh, in, better than the world, but, but not, uh, not really where Christ would have us to be. We're, 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 we're not committing fornication ourselves. We're, we're, we're not, we're not, we're not uh, really always vulgar, but, but we're not as holy as we should be, but we're comfortable where we're at. Can I tell you? God said, be ye holy, for I am holy. And he didn't just say it in the Old Testament. It says there in First Corinthians, uh, First Corinthians awake to righteousness and sin not. Why? Because the people of God are asleep. It's time for us to wake up. It's a voice of love. It's a voice of wisdom. And listen, it's a voice of authority. He is our Lord and Savior, our Master, Jesus Christ. Now, it's one thing when your mom says, Hey, it's time to wake up, or your brother or sister, It's time to wake up, but then dad talks. Ever, when you were a kid, ever have your mom or your mom send a, a brother or sister out and say, Hey, you're supposed to come inside? We don't listen to them, right? You find that's the case sometimes, unless there's a really a fear fear of the parent. It shouldn't be the case. Children should obey their parents in the Lord, for this is right. Uh, uh, it shouldn't be the case. The kids don't, but but we don't always trust the information when it doesn't come from the, in the from our from the parent. But when it's the voice of the parent saying, "Come in, we come in." Listen, this is the voice of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Is he really your Lord and Master? He's bidding you awake. How how do I know these things? Because there have been times in my life when I was these things. Long periods of my life. uh, Growing up as a young man in church and uh, living my life in church, yes, I was saved to the 15, but but I, I got to a point where I was just asleep. Man, I got to living in the world and doing the things of the world as a as a twenty twenty plus year old, I thought I was about twenty seven years old, twenty eight. Man, I wish I could go back and wake myself up, but I can't. I would Man, what I would, what what I wish I could do to go back and change what I was for a period of time. I was living in sin. I didn't care about those who were around me. In fact, I was pointing other people the the other way. Now listen, I know for sure, uh, for a fact, that I was saved. I can look back to when I got saved, but not only, uh, I'm not talking about a time and a place, but what God did in my life in that period of time. Uh, uh, Listen, I I look at that and say, I was saved. How did I get there? I got proud in where I was. I got comfortable where I was, and I spiritually fell asleep. There is a call here to consciousness. He says, You awake. It is a personal call. He doesn't say awake to the church while well, he could. Look at the verse there in verse 14. Wherefore he saith, Awake thou, the word thou means you. Awake thou that sleepest. If you're asleep spiritually, if there's spiritual slumber uh, that you're dealing with, that you're struggling with, or you're not even aware with, can I tell you, he's saying, it's time to wake up. Arouse yourself. Come to your senses. Understand your state and the plight of those around you. Wake up. But not only is there a call to consciousness, there is a call to come forth. It's not enough just to wake up. We need change. Wherefore, he saith, awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead. Now, those that are sleeping are not dead. But they exhibit many things that dead people exhibit. When I was a paramedic, I went into a room one day. Uh, I was supposed to be a transfer uh, to, to for, from the nursing home to the doctor to, to a to a doctor's appointment at the hospital, and I walked in, and this woman there was was as pale as they come. Uh, in fact, she had that tinge of blue that dead people get. Um, she wasn't moving. I couldn't see any breathing. I walked over, and I was like, and when as soon as I touched her, she said, "What are you going to put me on that stretcher?" <laughs> 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 Terrified me. Why? Because she looked dead, but she wasn't. Thankfully, she was a light sleeper. He's saying, to those that are asleep, wake up and get up. What do I mean? Realize where you're at spiritually. Understand when the Spirit of God is speaking to you. Hear him and then obey him. If you're in sin, get up out of sin. Why? Because you're lying with the dead and you appear like you're dead. Wake up, arise. I heard the story this week of of a uh, young man he was 17. Uh, he had uh, he had enlisted in the military uh, back during World War during World War uh, I think it was World War II. Um, but uh, he he was too young to be sent over. Uh, they were they were holding him here while they trained him. They were holding him here and. Uh, and uh, there was an explosion, and so they they're using the people that were here in in in, in that area to deal with the uh, the casualties and try to take care of them. And it was a massive explosion. It, it was a boat that exploded. There were many people that were uh, injured and, and, and killed, and, and so they were they're trying to get the people. And he was working every all day with the uh, trying to get the casualties out, and uh, and. Uh, But he didn't get to go to bed that night or that day. He worked eight hours and then they needed so much help. He worked a double shift and then a triple shift. And after the third shift, he, he went to his commander. He says, Listen, I'm exhausted. I need some sleep. And they said, Well, how long have you been working? He said, For 24 hours. And he said, Find a place to sleep and come back tomorrow. So he's exhausted, stumbling around, and finds a, a YMCA, and he goes into the YMCA, and, and uh, he's looking for a place to sleep, and there, there's many other soldiers that are there sleeping, many other people that have been working, sleeping, trying to find a bed. He goes down to the basement. He finds an open bed, crawls into that bed, and falls fast asleep. Eight hours later, he wakes up to people picking him up, and he goes, what are you doing? He says, they're like, ah, you're alive? What he had done is he walked down to where they were putting the dead bodies and, and taken the only open bunk that was available and, and slept there. Listen, he got up and he got out quick. Because he, didn't, he did not want to be counted as one that was dead. And that's what Christ is saying here. He says, arise, wake up, arise, stand up, get up, move away from the dead. We're to be different. We're to allow the word of God and the spirit of God to change us. All those things that we say that we believe, that once we spiritually awake, we need to allow God to do that. And we do that by being in his word and submitting to the Holy Spirit. Wake up. Don't live like the world. Don't be conformed to this world, according to Romans 12, 2, but be transformed by the renewing of our mind. It all comes back to the word of God and becoming more and more like Jesus Christ. If God can do it, we need to allow him to do it. He says, he says "Call." there's a call to consciousness. There's a, a call to come forth. He says, arise. And then there's a, 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 a covenant to clarify. He says, and Christ will give thee light. If you'll wake up and you'll get up, guess what? If you're saved, God has already given you the Holy Spirit. And you know what that Holy Spirit will do? He'll instruct you. He will convict you. As we go back to what the light does, it makes everything manifest. If you wake up and say, God, what, what do I need to change my life? The Word of God and the Spirit of God will tell you. That's what, the, that's what the Word of God and the Spirit of God do. And then we obey the Spirit of God, and we, we allow the Word of God and the Spirit of God to cleanse us and change us and make us more and more like Christ, instead of just staying like we are. Instead of being a Christian who looks like the world. Instead of being a Christian who acts like the, the world. Instead of being a Christian who's asleep. Now, I said there were two groups here at the beginning of this verse. and we're going to end with this. Uh, th- there are two groups. There, there is the Christian who is asleep and laying there right next to the, the, those that are dead. And he says to the Christian, Wake up! Because you can wake up something that's alive. Dead people, just like sleeping people, are unaware of their state. They are blind to all that's going on around them. They are deaf to any word that is spoken to them. They they don't know what state they're in or the plight of the world around them. They're just they're they're in utter darkness. But you know what Jesus says in John chapter 5, verse 25? That we will hear his voice, and the dead shall rise. See, Ephesians 2 says that we were all once dead in our trespasses and sins. No, we didn't understand it. We didn't know it at the time, but that's the plight of every human being that's ever been born on the face of this earth. They were dead in their trespasses and sins. The only two that weren't born dead in the trespasses and sins were created and they fell. Because of their sin Adam and Eve death passed upon all men so that all men uh, so, so that all men uh, would sin listen we we sin because we're sinners because it's our nature uh, but we're, we're ignorant of that because we don't know the truth we're in the darkness but God says he'll show us the light in fact Jesus is the light. There's a reason the world didn't like Jesus. Because he was the light, and the light made manifest the works of darkness. And so, what God can do for you is he can open up your eyes if you're dead and you're trespassing in sins, and he can reveal to you, make manifest to you, your sinfulness. You know how many times I, I, I quoted Romans three twenty three before I got saved? For all have sinned, I'm sure the glory of God. There's none righteous, no, not one. I'm a sinner. I know I'm a sinner. You know how many times I said that? Until one day when I was 15 years old, sitting under the preaching. Listen, I can't even remember what the guy was preaching. But the Spirit of God said to me, you're a sinner. And suddenly it wasn't just a verse I had memorized. It wasn't just a fact any longer. Suddenly there was conviction in my heart, and I knew that I needed to be saved. You know what happened? I was dead. The voice of God spoke to me. And I awoke. And I believed in Jesus. The Bible says, Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Without the shed blood of Jesus Christ, I'd still be in the same place as I was. But Christ saved me because of my faith in him. Not because of my goodness. I didn't join the right, it wasn't that I joined the right church, or I was born into the right family, or uh, none of those things. It mattered. Uh, all that mattered, well, the Bible says that we're saved through by grace through faith. I didn't deserve to be saved, but, but God showed me I was a sinner, and I realized it. For the first time, I cried out unto God and said, God, please save me. Listen, you don't have to have an experience. You have to have faith. When I read about the, the Ethiopian eunuch, and the, Philip speaking to the Ethiopian eunuch and revealing to him uh, out, of, out of Isaiah chapter 53 uh, uh, who Jesus was and that Jesus was the one he must believe, he says, what doth hinder me from being baptized? He says, no, I'm in. What do I need to do? He said, believe. He didn't say, well, come back to Jerusalem and join the church. He didn't say, send us all your money. Here's where to send the checks. He said, believe. He said, I believe. And Philip took him down into the water, and he baptized him right then and there in front of all the people that were with him, all the the people that were traveling with him. He made a public profession of faith. And guess what? He was saved, not because of the public profession of faith, but because he believed. I want to encourage you this morning. I can remember there was times when I was a a young person. I, I loved to read. And when I was reading a book, I could get sucked into that book. Pretty deep, and there were times when my mom would call my name, and I would I wouldn't I wouldn't ignore her. I wouldn't hear her. And then there were other times when my mom would call, and I'd hear, but I knew how long I could push it. And once I heard Robert Allen Richards, I knew it was time to to say yeah. I, why do I say that? Because just maybe just maybe the spirit of God is touching your heart this morning. And if you're really deep asleep, you don't hear it. doesn't mean God's not going to call you. He'll continue to work on you until you hear him. But maybe this morning, God's speaking to your heart. Maybe you're lost without Christ. And God's saying, come. So, but it's so comfortable here. doesn't matter how comfortable it is there right now. The glories that God has prepared for you are much greater. In Christ. Maybe you're, maybe you're saved and God's saying, wake up. Wake up. Maybe you comfortable. But can I encourage you, it's time to wake up. It's time to get up. It's time to let Christ lead us in the light of his word. Father, I thank you for all you've done for us. God, I thank you for your word, for the Spirit. I pray, God, that you would move us. And Lord, uh, as your Spirit works, Lord, may we may we submit to it. We love you, Lord. And we're so thankful for all that you've done. Bless us now. Father, by by helping us. In Jesus' precious name. Heads about nice clothes just for a minute.